I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, folks, we have your mailbag questions tonight or this afternoon or this morning, whenever you're listening. All of them answered 100% correctly or, and this is key, your money back. That's coming up in just a minute. And first... I had a chance to be at uh, at One Buck Place, of course, on Wednesday as they begin preparations for their game at Green Bay. A walkthrough practice, if you will. Boy, a lot of people on that injury list. I mean, it's incredible how many are not uh, sort of participating uh, if, in fact, there was something to really do out there because it's kind of a walkthrough, as I mentioned. Um, but if they can get some guys healthy – I, I like this game for the Bucks in many ways. We'll get into that later in the week. One of the things as a storyline, though, is sort of the health of the team. And there's a lot of guys that are out or at least didn't practice, you know, during the portion we were there on Wednesday. Um, one of the guys who is definitely in and I think is a difference maker is K.J. Britt. And I had a chance to talk to him a little bit the other day. Uh, listen, this guy is is not somebody like on the surface fifth round pick that you would say, yeah, we're good. Like that's going to be our next, you know, sort of inside linebacker. Um, but he made some huge plays the other day, and you know the Bucks were leading twelve to ten, about nine minutes left in the game. Um, you know, and Britt drops the interception, but. Beyond that, like the dude made a ton of plays. He, uh, you know, he had, I don't know, seven, eight tackles. Um, he stepped in at a position that they absolutely needed without Devin White. Levante David was back, and of course, a couple of weeks ago, he was not. But when you talk to Jason Light, when you talk to the head coach, Todd Bowles, they all say the same thing. It's like, this guy has really worked hard at you know understanding the defense and putting himself in great position and that's why he had eight tackles, one pass defense and the Bucks won 29-25. It was only his second start, right? I mean, we were talking about a dude that was the fifth pick, fifth round pick from Auburn and his first start uh 2 weeks ago only lasted about a dozen plays or so. And he had an, he had sort of a back injury. He came back from that he was able to go out there and put on a show, I thought, uh, number 52 with the exception of dropping the interception. But he was really, really good. And, you know, he, he just said, like, I, I kept it simple. I just want to make plays. And, you know, out of nowhere, I think the reason why KJ wasn't more involved in the defense is that when you look at his measurables, he did not run well. Um, he did not run a good 40-yard dash. And when you're running four six or so, four seven, that's a problem, you know, because people assume that you're you're just not gonna get there. And I would say this that, you know, 
he's a student of the game. You know, Britt has really worked hard to put himself in position to understand what's going on on the defense. So it's a good story and somebody that maybe had been counted out before, especially with the new linebackers they keep bringing in every every year or so, it seems. Um, and I enjoy talking to him. So check it out on TampaBay.com and in the Tampa Bay Times. A story on K.J. Britt and somebody that they're going to have to really lean on this week in particular as uh, they may be, and we'll see what happens later in the week, but could be without Devin White again, which is you know a significant loss to their linebacking core for sure. And how about, this was big, I mean, how about the proposed deal? Hadn't been like sort of consummated yet, but sending Tyler Glass now to the L.A. Dodgers, man. Like, what is the sort of the theory behind this if you're the Tampa Bay Rays? I know you get some players back, but like that's a, that's a huge deal. Well, I think it's, uh, there's two, one, the Dodgers seem to be all in on everybody because they're going to sign this Japanese pitcher, Yamamoto, most likely. And they're talking like, that's $300 million. And they signed Shohei for seven hundred million. There's a billion right there. Now the Rays or the the Dodgers are in on Tyler Glass now and Manuel Margot, which I believe that's about thirty seven million dollars in salary this year. Between the two, twenty five and twelve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Rays, it seems like in return, would get a pitcher Pepiet and an outfielder Deluca, both younger, both more control. Basically, the Dodgers are getting more seasoned players putting all their chips in now. And then the Rays would get younger players with more control. Um, you know, Pepe, it's supposed to be very similar to Glass now and stuff in that. And and then get another outfielder as well. I mean, Manuel Margot is kind of the odd man out in the outfield as it is. Right, that's true. Um, as far as outfielders. So, I mean, Manuel Margot being traded, no surprise. But Tyler Glass now being traded, no surprise. And I, I saw a lot of people up in arms today about it. And it's like... I mean, we've talked about it for a year now. The whole reason they signed Glass now to an extension a year ago for $25 million was to trade him this offseason. But that allowed them to not have to tr- trade him at the trade deadline last year because they could still get something for him. Right. You know, if, if his contract was up at the end of last season at $6 million, then the Rays would have had to, at the trade deadline, go, are we all in with Glass now and we're going to lose him, or do we trade him now? By signing that extension before last season, it gave them time to decide that and not have to, you know, they were putting their chips in last year to win it all. And so that, that way they could keep him. So it's not surprising, and, and to be honest, not surprising the Dodgers are involved. No, I mean, they have relationships with that team, and, mm-hmm. you know. Well, they have the most money, too. And and the most money. I mean, they just bought Shohei Atani for – Hundred billion dollars, or whatever it was, is crazy. By the way, I thought it was <laughs> funny. I can't remember who put this out there. You realize next season, because Shohei is deferring most of his money, Ken Griffey Jr. will make more money from the Reds than Shohei is going to make from the Dodgers <laughs> next year. Junior retired like thirteen years ago. Yeah, I think people get hung up on the salary, but really the opportunity for him in terms of endorsements and things like that in L.A. is is far and far and away exceeds what he what he would make oh yeah and 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 you know he doesn't have to move what All i that. what did i see that uh fanatic said that in 48 hours more shohei otani jersey sale dodger jersey sales than any other player in history for them that's crazy including right? ronaldo and messi when they switch teams that's crazy to me 
Now that's yeah. not you know all all jersey sales. I don't think, but yeah, that that's how big this is. Wow. And the that's Giants impressive. apparently had the exact same deal on the table. The exact same deal, you think? That th- their GM basically said they came to us with the same deal, and we agreed to it, and it was in Shohei's, wow. Shohei's court, and he chose the Dodgers. Wow, that's incredible. But that the Giants were willing to basically do the same $700 million, most of it deferred deal. Mm. Can you imagine? All right, we're going to get to a mailbag questions, of course, coming up in just a minute. But first, I want to remind you that for the past 14 years, the skilled pros of May Electric Solar have been installing solar energy systems down in Florida. They provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods and service while helping the homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. Now, May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors, and they've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Now, May Electric Solar offers a 30-year, no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insurer, means that your roof, your electrical, and equipment replacement is covered. Solar Insurer even survives May Electric Solar and is owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. And this policy will transfer to new homeowners with no fee. This is not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of the program. May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship has earned this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, we got some mailbag questions. Of course, all answers 100% guaranteed or, and this is important, your money back. Let's get started. All right, since we just talked about baseball and Shohei Otani, we'll do a Rays question. Brantley asks, the Rays have struggled with hitting, specifically in the postseason, but where in the lineup could they realistically make a significant upgrade other than catcher, which is a black hole for them? I mean, it's a great question. I mean, you know, your traditional power hitting spots and, and and of course you had an MVP candidate at first base you know first third some outfield spots things like that um I don't know if what their catching situation is Steve um you're not looking I believe for, they only uh, have one catcher on the 40 man I believe that's Pinto yeah I mean you're not necessarily looking for a high average there but if you get some home runs um that would be key and listen let's not I mean here, here's a big part of this whole equation, whether it's next year, the year after, whatever, is what's the deal with Wander Franco? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's a guy that can hit home runs, hit for average, um, steal bases, do it in the infield, obviously. You know, to me, you need that piece. Now, they've gotten, you know, big numbers or starting to get big numbers from like guys like Josh Lowe. Um, you hope that Brandon Lau, you know, comes back and starts hitting thirty bombs. Well, a I year. think th- I think there's the biggest position you can upgrade outside yeah. of shortstop. Not you know if Wander's not back. Yeah, you know, second base is. Uh, I mean, Brendan Lau, good defensively, yep. can get streaky, but too often and not that streaks are bad streaks, not good streaks with him lately. That I I think you have a huge opportunity at second grade second base to upgrade. Uh, center field, Jose Siri, I think he's set there because how good he is defensively. And gives you enough pop, um, but a Rosarina set and left your right fielder. I mean, what steps does Luke Rayleigh 
does Josh Lowe take this year? Um, and, and then Isak Paredes, can he keep repeating what he's doing? Or is there an opportunity there to upgrade? Um, you know, I think those are kind of your spots if you're looking to make a change. Um, you know, there's there's thought process from not necessarily in the organization, but, you know, is it time to trade Isak Paredes? Because is his stock ever going to be any higher than it is now? You know, the season he just put out last year, you know, do they think he can replicate that? Right. Not mm-hmm. sure. Uh, but you know, the biggest question is still, if you don't have that shortstop, I mean, that's supposed to be the anchor of this franchise for the next decade. That should have been it. I mean, that should have been it. And you're talking about a guy that I think is capable of hitting 30 home runs a year. I mean, you know, I mean, and, and this is not hyperbole. From the time he was signed with the Rays at age 16, he had the potential to become the greatest athlete in Tampa Bay history. Bar none. And we've seen some great ones through here. Wow. That's say I mean that's that's a stunning admission, but I think you're right. I don't I don't think you're off on that. Yeah. I mean don't know if he'd have made it and you know, and I'm not saying in past sense he may play again. We don't know yet. But you know, there's no guarantee that you achieve that level. Steven Stamkos has achieved a pretty high level being a number one draft pick. Okay, yes. Um, you know, and, and Victor Hedman as well. You've got four Hall of Famers on that Bucks defense. From you know two thousand two, Derek yeah. Brooks and Warren Sapp, some great athletes. Um, Evan Longoria is probably the best baseball player in Tampa Bay history. Agreed. Um, but you know, Wander had the potential to be. I mean, he could have been the face of baseball. Iconic. I mean, yeah. iconic. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. And and talent wise, and, and and you know, I I think his image definitely takes a hit, and you know that if if he's place again and if he's cleared and and all that stuff um you know we just don't know what's gonna happen we know i mean and mark topkin reported he's gone back to the dominican republic now which could be a good sign if he's not going to be arrested well i guess he you know he was in tampa this whole time and if you're going back you must be confident you're not going to be arrested right or you know or you know don't know why he's gone back and and he's Stayed pretty quiet, which is smart on his part, uh, until the investigation goes along. And, and investigations in the Dominican Republic are known to move pretty slow. Uh, the amazing thing is there hasn't been any leaks. Yeah, no, it's it's a blackout. There's nothing out there. You know, so it's, uh, you know, don't know if that's a good or bad sign for the Rays and Wander Franco. Um, you know, but it's, you know, Eric Neander and them, you know, they have to kind of plan both ways, but you can't really make moves not knowing what's going to happen. So it's it's a hard spot for them. You know, but, you know, whatever he's got going on legally, it's got to get cleared up first before, you know, right now it's out of the Rays' hands. They can't, there's nothing they can do about it. You know, I saw some posts, too, about, you know, the Rays aren't supporting him or whatever. There's nothing they can do. Yeah, well, I, I, don't, I, I don't even believe they're allowed to have communication with him. Because he baseball right. put him on the restricted list. That's right. As far and he's the, got, the way I understand it, he's got. I mean, he's got multi jurisdictional issues. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, the United States, you know, here is mm-hmm. one, and then, you know, where he's from. I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff. I just don't know that it, because there's sort of like this information blackout. I don't feel confident that we're going to get this cleared up by the start of spring training. That doesn't seem realistic to me. Um, maybe I'm wrong. But. Well, I think 
it, it sure feels like the only way it gets cleared up is if there's some settlements and the accusers recant or you know just stop cooperating and, and they there's nothing sure, they can that's do. Happened. I mean, yeah, for sure. I, that's what it feels like. I, I don't know anything. Um, you know, or they just find out there's no evidence. But you know, I, it's, I it's it's weird that you know, I guess, you know, Dominican Republic's different than here, but you just normally you expect leaks or at least reports and you're not hearing anything, which is unique maybe. Yeah, it's unsettling is what it is because you don't know if it's good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're dealing with several jurisdictions as well as Major League Baseball, which is waiting um, with no control of the timetable to figure out what's going on with this guy. So um, that's tough. But, yeah, you want to talk about a superstar. He was on that career path, that arc, all of that stuff. And, you know, whatever, however this turns out, it's it's derailed him and – the Tampa Bay Rays, because now they have to also sort of have contingencies if he's not going to be in the everyday lineup when they start the season. So there's a lot, lot to unpack there for sure. And Randy Rosarena on social media put a picture of him and Shohei together. I saw that. Now, is that a, I'd love to join the Dodgers or is that a, Hey, I'm, I'm taking a different tact. Got, I'm, taking I'm the dude that got tact. paid. You should pay me too. Well, I'm taking a different tact. <laughs> Okay. Maybe Randy's willing to do a long-term deal and defer most of his money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, Scott Boris Maybe. is famous for that, right? Uh, I guess. Uh, no, yeah. he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> I don't. I'm saying I don't. I know. I know you're being facetious. I don't know how. I still don't know how this works for Otani, other than the amount of money he's going to make. You know, sort oh, of. Oh, he's off yeah. The, the endorsements, all that other stuff he's got. He does, the the salary is not the big deal. He's he's basically going for champion. Look, he played with. Maybe the greatest player in this generation, offensively, and they couldn't sniff the playoffs. They couldn't do nothing together. It's crazy. You know, he yeah. wants to win rings. So exactly. You know what? Pay me my money later. Mm-hmm. I've got enough other stuff coming in. I'm good. Yeah. Like I want to win. Right. Yeah. Ultimately, I don't know if this is going to be a common practice or not. But hey. Well, I mean, if teams are willing to shell out the money. Yeah, and, and and it avoids the luxury tax, which at some point some of these teams have to be complaining if they're not already. Like you know the competitive balance, you know all the rules they have in baseball trying to keep competitive balance because they refuse to have a salary cap and a salary floor for that matter. So it's it's interesting. I mean, you know, and, and look, the Giants were willing to do the same deal, so it's not like the Dodgers are the only team willing to do this. No, no, they weren't, and it's going to change the way contracts are drawn up, I think, for a long time unless they decide to reel it in, but um, very fascinating deal and not surprised he lands with the Dodgers. So, you know, a lot is still to be, like, sort of determined, but we know where he's going to play, and, and in that lineup, it's it's incredible how he's going to fit there. He's not going to be able to pitch for about a year or so. Yeah, but least. your top three hitters are Mookie Betts, Shohei Otani, <laughs> Freddie Freeman. It's stupid, man. Like, those, <laughs> like you, you just use those three and get them all up there like four times each, and regardless of the situation, you're going to win. So All three of those hitters uh, finished in the top three of the MVP voting last year. Is that right? Different wow. leagues. I mean, Otani was yeah, in the American League, yeah. but all three yeah. were top three last year. Wow, that's crazy, man. It's a good question, though. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how how involved all that's going to be, but um, 
man. Well, Michael asks, by the way, what are the Rays' needs in free agency? Well, I mean, listen, if they if they trade Tyler Glass now, I think they need a number one starter, Steve. I mean, I don't know who you think well, Eflin that guy, would be your number one then this year. I know point. he would now, but to me, just me speaking here, Eflin compared to every other number one starter in the American League or even the American League East does not measure up. And I think he was very, very good. He was outstanding at mm-hmm. times and, you know, ate up a lot of innings and all that stuff, but... Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure that that you have sort of that, you know, that replacement. I mean, I'd like to see a power arm. I'd like to see somebody. You know, obviously, you're not going to have Shane McClanahan this year, but it'd be nice to know. You know, do you, do you you know do you have that bona fide ace? You know, is there somebody else with all the injuries you've had? And if you trade Tyler. Who takes that role? And I understand it would be Eflin, but I don't know that he's the type of pitcher um, that you want in that spot. You know, it's by default, but is there anything else you can come up with? Yeah, I think pitching, 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 and they need a catcher. And more pitching and catching. Yeah, there you go. And maybe a yeah. shortstop if, you know, depending what you think is going to happen there. But Sure. Those are your biggest needs. I mean, I mean, like you said, we, we talked about the upgrade. You could upgrade a few other positions potentially. Mm-hmm. Be but, strong up the middle. I mean, that's the key, right? Mm-hmm. Pitching, catching, middle infielder, center fielder. All right, we'll, that, that, that matters. We'll Go switch ahead. to some Bucks questions, but before we get to those, mm-hmm. have you packed your bags for Brazil? What? Well, the NFL is playing a game in Brazil next year. Are they really? You didn't see that today? No, I did. I'm playing possum. Uh. I did see it. There was a couple other. Wasn't there another country or two named as well, or no? Well, they're. I mean, they're going three more to. They're going to England three times. Germany once next year, and then gotcha. Brazil, and then in twenty twenty five, they're going to play eight games internationally. I mean, pretty soon where we're headed here is damn near every team will play an international game every every single season. Well, don't you think? next year, not this coming twenty four, but twenty five, eight games internationally. That's sixteen yeah. teams. That's, that's 16, half that's the half league. Half your league. Yeah. There you go. Yep. There you go. I assume at that point you'll add Spain. Who was in the running for a game this year? They Spania. gave it to Brazil instead, but yeah, um, they could always go back to Mexico City, of course. Mm-hmm. They like Germany, they like England a lot. I wish they'd go to Greece. I got some business I could do there. There you go. <laughs> it's crazy the popularity of of the NFL. It really is, and it is global. You know, but I I love the international games. When you cover them, um, you get a sample of the culture. But, I mean, the people are really into it for the most part. And, you know, the few that I've done, a couple in England, one in Germany, was just a terrific experience, experience the cultures, all of that. And, of course, you know, they're trying to expand the marketing and, you know, the reach of their franchise. I get it. But South America... That now that's different, right? That that's that's pretty cool. Well, it'll be interesting what they do with that because normally the overseas games they play at nine thirty Eastern, so it gives them a, a, a uh, another window in the NFL Sunday. Brazil is what an hour ahead. Yeah, not, not that much difference, I don't think. You know, so I don't I don't know if they're going to play at ten thirty in the morning there, which would be nine thirty here. 
So it may be a Sunday night game. It may be like the Mexico City where they do a Monday night or Sunday night there. It'll be interesting to see you know what they do with that. Yeah. As far as timing goes. Yeah, I agree. All right, Andy asks, I'm asking for a guaranteed correct answer here. Will Baker be back or not? No qualified yes or no answers like it depends or I think if. I'm talking 100% assertive, won't change your mind, stone cold lock. Simple yes or no and your reason why. Go. Do you think you could just come on this show and make demands of me? Is that how you think this works? I want the the truth. (laughs) You can't handle the truth. You use words like free agent, passing percentage. Like I mean, use it as a punchline at parties. You don't want to talk about deep down. You need Baker Mayfield in that huddle. You want him in that huddle. Um, here's what I think I think is Peter King would say. I think it does depend, but I'll go ahead and, and say this. They're not going to finish high enough in the draft order to get one of the elite quarterbacks that you hope they would get. So that being the case, all things being what they are, um, I'm going to project way too early that they make the postseason in a really bad NFC, not, not a let, let alone the NFC South. Hey, a wild card um, team could be with a losing record this year in the NFC. That is true. That is absolutely true. And I think that could be the Bucks. Every Everyone talks about... You know, the NFC South could have a losing run. A wild card team this year could end up in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it could be double. It could be double, double deputy here in the NFC. So here's the thing about about Baker is that he's going to finish with a pretty good year. Like, statistically, I think he has interceptions, maybe 20 touchdowns, that sort of thing. Um, could get to, you know, much higher than that. And... I know he's motivated to stay here. He and he's not obviously it's out of his hands in some respects, but like he loves Tampa, loves the organization. Even if the Bucks were going to draft somebody, okay, even if they they decided, look, we're you know a number whatever it is, twenty number fourteen, I don't know where they're going to pick, but if, if they decided we need a young quarterback, we need to bring somebody in here, I don't think they're taking that guy who is going to step in the huddle day one. Um, and having said that, and this would obviously be up to Baker, but like, say you got, you know, a bridge type situation where you may draft a quarterback, but maybe he's not quite ready to play, or you'd like for him to learn the ropes, um, sort of a different way. I mean, I could make arguments for Baker being back and being alone and just competing for the job, or I could say, yeah, he's got another shot and. You know, there there might be a younger quarterback down the pike that we're drafting, but he's not ready to play. So, you know, be the bridge guy for a while. What's wrong with that? Because no matter where he goes, he's going to get paid. You know, paid on his performance this year, paid for the projection of what he could do next year somewhere. Um, so we'll see. But I, I think in terms of has he met expectations? Yes. I think he's exceeded them a little bit. But, again, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, and we'll have to kind of figure out what the Bucks' mindset is, you know, going forward. Um, but I I do think he's done enough to stay here under the right circumstances. And the coaching change will matter, too. Like, let's say 
mm-hmm. they hire Todd Munkin, who loves the guy. Had him in Cleveland. Um, you know, Todd's a, a, a legit head coaching candidate. And under that scenario, even if you drafted somebody, maybe he maybe he makes Baker work. So my my early result, my early gut feeling is that yes, he will be back in some capacity. All right, Boog asks, where do the Bucks need to improve the most? I don't think it's quarterback. No, I don't either. Although, you know, they're always always looking for that position to try to upgrade. There's several areas where I think they need to get better. And it it's sort of cliche in a way that you say, well, you know, the offensive line, even though Rashad White has rushed for over 100 yards two of the last three games, um, one of the top, I don't know, 15, 16 you know, players in terms of total yards and all of that. I think this, what they need is some guys that used to play like Shaq Barrett, play that outside linebacker position, Jason Pierre-Paul, those type of guys. They need guys on the edge that can get the quarterback on the ground. Um, You know, to me, that is sort of the focus or should be. Because you you've got to have a, a you know pressure in this league, and that creates turnovers and everything else. And um, I've not been thrilled with the production, you know, whether it's Shaq Barrett, Show Tryon, Shawinka, all that stuff. I I think they can upgrade, and I think if they did, um, you know, they they'd have a much better outcome and. They're not that far. I mean, in terms of the defense, they got young players. Linebacker is going to be an issue if you lose. Maybe Levante David decides not to play anymore. Devin White, like there are there are big openings on this team. Um, so they could go a lot of different ways, but you know, that that's just my thought about it. Like I said, some of the the draft has to fall the right way. Um, you go for value, who can affect the quarterback, uh, who can help the quarterback. All those things are part of it. Um, but there, there's, look, they're not a complete team. I mean, this is the thing. I think people, the one thing that I get annoyed with Bucks fans you know, on Twitter and stuff like that is they think we, you know, they should be this or they should be a champion or they should advance to the Super Bowl or whatever your ideas are. And they're not realistic. I mean, this team is still in transition. You know, it still carries a, an enormous salary cap, and there'll be some dead money next year as well. So, um, you know, affect the quarterback or help the quarterback. Those are the two areas that you always look at first. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Chris asks, I'm curious as to what a Buccaneers game day looks like for you. For most of us, we turn on the game right before kickoff, turn it off right after the final whistle. I'd love to know when your game day starts and ends. 
Well, it doesn't start as early as you may think. <laughs> um, because I, I'm one of those people that like, okay, what am I going to do if I'm here at the stadium? Some people get there like three hours before. I'm not that guy. I, I'm just kind of like, yo, uh, just hanging out, eating food. Like, what should I do? Uh, don't get me wrong. I have plenty of work. But if it's a one o'clock game, I try to get there by 11 um, because I have like a radio hit with the um, DAE at, I don't know, 11.45 or so. Um, the, the inactives come out 90 minutes before the game. So you'll blog those. You know, you'll find out that Vita Vey is not playing, for example. And so you'll you'll do a story or a, or a blog on TampaBay.com. And then, you know, after that... Um, it's more about we don't get to go on the field. You used to be able to go on the field. You used to be able to hear the conversations, take pictures, whatever. They don't let us out there. Almost no team does. Um, you know, there's a lot of pewter partners and whatnot. Uh, and, and so it, it's just a matter of waiting for the game to begin. And then when it does, you want to take notes in terms of like play by play and all of that stuff. Um, you get this information too, handed to you. It's a ton of stuff that you have sort of room service. And, you know, as you go through the game, depending on what time it is, you're sort of, at least I do this, I write down my own play-by-play because it sticks to me better than if I'm just reading it somewhere off a website. And you're formulating ideas about the game at halftime and, you know, third quarter and the final, you know, final buzzer and the, the sort of the, Goal is to, you know, get the game story in as as the minute that the game ends, um, you know, and then it's about the locker room and all of that stuff. So we're there um, a good portion of time. And for a one o'clock game, you forgot I'm, about the I, bananas foster. I did. Well, that's halftime. Yeah. Do they still I, you know, here's the thing. I have not been out there at halftime because I'm too busy writing and running for the, the first edition. Do they still do Bananas Foster? Because it's off the chain as they do. I haven't been out. I haven't covered a game in a couple of years as far as at yeah. the stadium. So. They, that used to be our dessert. Like, we had one dude that, like, he's all about the Bananas Foster. But oh, yes, he was. Yeah, he <laughs> sure was. Lining up at the two-minute warning. <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> hey, gone. What happened? Oh, Bananas Foster. Um, so there was that. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm kind of a snack. I, I don't know. It Look, the Bananas Foster was great. I'm not sure they do it anymore, nor should they. But they do, like, the game day operation is one of the best in the NFL um, for a multitude of reasons. But they do treat media fantastic. And they don't kick you no, out at 8 o'clock? Well, no, not like Atlanta. I still got a call on Rich McKay about that. That's insane. Um, but, yeah, they'll, they'll let you finish. And you might hear some, you know, sort of loud sweepers and things like that if you're not careful. But uh, for the most part, uh, that's that to me is, you know, is the way football should be played. I Well, you're usually writing for about three hours after the game. Yeah, because when well, you go downstairs and then, you, you know, by the time you get back up, then an hour has gone by. You get Todd Bowles after a 10-minute cooling off period, then Baker, and then you go in the locker room and you get up and there's, yeah, probably an hour and a half um, has gone by. Um, and you've got to make deadline and, and there's, you know, a first edition and a final and all that stuff. So... You know, you got to come prepared, but um, it, it's you know, it's sort of a long day. It's it's not. It's a joy. It's a, it's a privilege to do it. I would never complain about it. 
the thing that's difficult from a writing standpoint is when you have four and especially like late games, eight o'clock games, those are really hard. Um, but for the most part, yeah, game day, game day is the fun stuff. Game day is the, the part that you've seen these guys work all week and you, you want to see them perform. And that's sort of, you know, to me anyway, what, it, what it's all about. Oh, you forgot about the podcast that later that night. Well, that's true. We got, yeah, we got to jump on it. See, Hey, dang it. That's, that's the thing, man. We just have too much to do. I, I, you know, jumping between Uber Eats drivers and stopping and starting <laughs> recording as you're scarfing down food on the road. And that's always good. Yeah. Uh, well, the Uber hey. Eats guy going to the wrong hotel. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. Hey, Steve, wait a minute. I got somebody at the door. It's my food. It's 11. It's like, what are you eating? Chicken wings. Oh, awesome. <laughs> like, wow. That's, yeah, that's really uh, fat ball season there. Yeah. Good job. So yeah, we get we get the worst ones are, are road games at night. Oh, those are the worst. They are the worst. Like New England. Oh. Was it New England this year? Was that or last year? Was it? I mean, yeah, a couple of years ago he was up. You know, Tom Brady was up there. No, it was Buffalo this year that was the issue. Oh, okay. Where your hotel was and oh yeah, well, so I was staying in Niagara. So yeah. I, stupid me, I was thinking, well, you know, I don't have to check out. And so I didn't, and I had, you know, sort of decided that I would go back to the hotel, but then I re- didn't realize how late the game was going to be, and I needed a ride of some kind. And a colleague of mine was there, and they're like, well, I can take you to my ho- my hotel and then call for a ride. And, all. and long story short, um, it it was brutal. <laughs> I don't think you got to sleep that night because your flight no, I was did like not, at 5 a.m. as well. No, I just made it back to the hotel. We did the pod. I got in it. I had arranged for an Uber, uh, got to New Jersey, Newark, or whatever, and flew home. And there was no there was no rest for the weary. That was brutal. That was bad. But you know what? It's better than working for a living, so I got no complaints. But it's a, it's a great question. It gets weird out there. Right, we, got, we got more mailback questions. We'll get, we'll get to those tomorrow. We ran a little bit long here for now. Uh, I'm remind you guys that the Lightning are at Edmonton. That puck drop is at 9 p.m. Yep, it's, not, getting, it's getting later and later, right? Well, no, it's been 10 the last couple. This one's 9. Oh, okay. Saturday against Calgary will be another 10 o'clock puck drop. Woof. I couldn't stay up. I watched Braden Point score the other night, like tic-tac-toe. It was, it was yep. great. Minute 25 and then, in and... And that was it. Yep. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, you're not going to score again? Uh, they had some good chances and some good looks, but uh, they need to get going a little bit here, I think. It would be, it would be helpful. Uh, they're struggling. Yeah. In Edmonton, who, their opponent tonight has won eight in a row now. They got Oof. off to a horrible start, fired their coach, and now they're above Hockey 500 and eight in a row coming in the game. So, Yeah, that's big. Uh, tough road trip uh, so far, no doubt about that. And we'll get you ready, of course, for the Buccaneers at, and and this will not be easy, Green Bay, the frozen tundra of Green Bay, Wisconsin, and the Packers. The Bay of Pigs. The, the Bay of Pigs, that's right. Yeah, the Bay of Pigs. And it was the Bay of Pigs because neither team was any good. You had Don Mikowski on one team. You had Trent Dilfer. Actually, before that, uh, Don Mikowski, it would have been like Vinny Testaverde. Um, but yeah, uh, this is a long and storied sort of rivalry, always fun. And, uh, I think the Bucks are, have lost 14 of the last 15 games in Green Bay. So it's not exactly an embraceable place for them, but Hey, 
uh, Hope Springs Eternal. So we'll see what they can do. Anyway, we'll be back uh, tomorrow as usual and get you ready for all those games. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 